everyone, and welcome to another episode of PwC's Tech While You Trek. I am your host, Adam, and today I have with me three guests, the rare three-guest episode, Vijay Ujjain, Antoinette Young, and Paul Mark Schweitzer, to talk about the emerging technology convergence theme, hyperconnected networks. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Hello, Adam, and thanks for having us. This is Antoinette, and I'll kick off the introductions. I'm a manager in the Emerging Tech Lab, and I've been with PwC for about six years, and I'm currently focusing on hyper-connected networks. My background is in software development, so I handle most of the technical implementations and development. My name is Paul Mark Schweitzer. I work on the same team as Antoinette at PwC, the Emerging Tech Group. I'm based in LA. I'm a manager at the firm. My focus area is really the intersection of business and emerging tech. I work closely with clients, understand their requirements, their challenges, and then try and translate those into tech requirements and derive business value out of emerging tech. My name is Vijay Ujjain. I am a director in emerging technologies at PwC. My team builds in and has a focus on IoT, Edge, and wireless technologies, including 5G. We help our clients with their technology strategy end-to-end and on key investments in the journey digital transformation. So the term I heard in y'all's introductions that I haven't heard yet is hyper-connected networks. How about we start there? Give us sort of the best explanation on what a hyper-connected network is. We have many businesses on a mission to make everything smart. We hear about smart lights, smart appliances, smart buildings, smart transportation, smart cities, and on and on. To achieve this particular goal, we need not one, but multiple types of solutions to sense, collect, and analyze the data that is coming out of many of these sensors. And this involves different types of sensors and communication methods. Well, this is sounding a lot like IoT, right? I mean, how is this different from just IoT? Let us take a smart home as an example. While it seemingly looks the same, the technology used for sprinkler system for reading our electric meters is very different from the technology used to control the lights or appliances inside our house or even the entertainment systems. For example, I'm still fascinated by the fact that when I issue a voice command for a smart light bulb, the information travels all the way to a cloud system. It is interpreted, another light bulb manufacturer system is invoked, and then this command to turn the light on comes all the way back to my house to that specific light bulb. And this happens pretty fast from our sense of time perception. And this essentially requires, I would say, I would summarize in three different technologies or three different areas. They include compute, connectivity, and intelligence, and a convergence among these three, right? And connectivity ranges from 5G and massive multiple input, multiple output schemes, high bandwidth, all the way to what we call LP WANs, uh, low power wide area networks or mesh networks that push the connectivity further and faster than before. Similarly, in addition to connectivity, we are seeing many technologies bringing compute power and compute capacity closer to the end user, also known as the edge of the network, so as to meet the needs of the consumer a lot faster. This is where we hear about the terms edge computing or fog computing. And the third thing that brings all this together is the intelligence, the machine learning. So this combination of edge computing, AI and IoT and the associated technologies is what we define as hyperconnected networks. So you toss all these systems into a giant witch's pot, then 
the result unlocks business value. Who can talk to me about how that happens? I think one of the things that we want to stress is the complexity to get to the business value, the complexity to get to that endpoint. If you think of the life cycle of the data, and VJ touched on it a little bit, from sensing it, capturing it, processing it, normalizing it, computing it, storing it, securing it, right? All of these steps need to happen before you get to business value. We have to do the work to go try and get that data. Maybe one analogy I'll give you that helps kind of illustrate what hyperconnected networks are is think of the automobile industry, right? Back 100 years ago, 1920, there was, I think, 8 million cars and vehicles on US roads. Now, fast forward, we're close to 300 million vehicles. And we still don't have flying cars. <laughs> That's correct. So there's a lot of work to be done. Well, replace cars with data and condense the time frame from 100 years to 20 years. That's what's happened to the world of data. And that's why we hear about day in and day out in the media. The use cases for data that we're talking about is advanced manufacturing, AR, VR, right? Those use cases will never be achieved unless the plumbing, like the roads, and in our case, the networking, the hyper-connected networks are put in place. So that's critical. It's complex, but it's critical. It's important. And that's what we focus on. So talk to me a little bit about how you're seeing companies adopting these systems now. Advancements in hyper-connected networks, such as speed, latency, and connectivity, are enabling many companies from various industries to adopt into using hyper-connected networks. Let me give you three specific examples. The first one that comes to mind are smart buildings. Smart buildings are using many different sensors to share information about what's going on within a building. This information is then used to automate and control various systems such as the heating, the ventilation, and air conditioning. See, I think that's the kind of thing that people are surprised. I mean, office buildings have been doing that kind of thing for a long time. When we started talking about smart homes, those kind of systems had been in place in commercial buildings for a long time. That is correct. While this is something that has been done in office building for many years now, this is something new that's coming to things like the smart home. Just like in many smart buildings, we're also seeing homes where they're using occupancy detection, which can automatically turn lights on in an area room when somebody enters and they're automatically turned off in that area when that room is then empty. So another one of my favorite things is many buildings are offering touchless access control systems. So there are many times where I've forgotten my badge on my way to work. Having a touchless access control system allows me to use my phone just like my company badge or ID. So when I need access to my building, I present my phone to the reader just as I would my badge. The next one I want to talk about is asset tracking and management. This is another great example of where we're seeing adoption across many industry. Proliferation, damage, and loss shipments has always been a big problem with consumer goods, which is causing more and more companies to add connected devices to streamline their logistics process. The last thing I want to mention is the future of how we work. We're also seeing this same technology used in manufacturing to enable factory line workers with access to equipment files and increase their workers' skills and safety by connecting them to more knowledgeable team members to give assistance when needed. 
And many companies across multiple industries are also using this technology to redesign how they handle their mentorship programs, as well as collaborate to reduce the high costs and delays associated with experts traveling in to help the staff. So I hear a lot of good things and I need now to hear about the bad things. What are some challenges that have been discovered by companies trying to adopt these things? Going back to the example of the smart light bulb, the whole system can be rendered obsolete or useless if there is no internet connectivity. If there is no internet connectivity, the smart light bulb is not that smart anymore. Now imagine the same thing happening on the whole house appliance systems or worse, say for an enterprise or an industrial or a utility system. Similarly, we hear concerns around a privacy of the data where the data is stored. The second one is the fact that many commercial and industrial systems in those areas, any technology that intends to replace the incumbent technology has to offer a compelling value to change the existing system. In other words, just being 10 or 20% better than the existing workflow or the legacy system is simply not good enough. It has to be multiple times better. And finally, another challenge that we have observed simply has to do with the fact that there is not a lot of awareness around the benefits of these technologies. So on that front, we are addressing these challenges with many training and educational sessions to bring awareness. We are addressing this with some ROI calculators to help our clients understand the risks and quantify the value of these technologies to their specific business. So before I let you all go, I was going to have you do one sort of fun question. What do you say? Let's do it. So the you of 10 years ago, what would they be most surprised that the you of today is using from a technology standpoint? Two things. One is that I'm able to use my voice to do just about anything I want to in my house. And two is I never thought I would actually be ordering food with my phone and it actually coming to me. Really? Yeah. I still can't get used to it. I still would rather, when I say food, I really mean groceries. Right, right, I right. still would rather go to the grocery store and pick my food up myself. Yeah, fair enough. I grew up in France. I do remember vividly having to purchase, or my mother having to purchase every other year, a dictionary, right? And that was a big business for French book publishers. And the dictionary was updated every other year because there was new vocab that was being introduced. And I remember spending times in middle school and high school going through the dictionary, even when learning English, having a translation dictionary. I flew first time here a decade ago, 10 years ago, 2010. And in my suitcase, there was actually a book, a heavy book to translate words from French to English. And I opened it a few times in 2010 but then quickly, you know, pivoted to a smartphone. And then today I don't even have to type on my smartphone anymore and read the <laughs> answer. Like Antoinette said, I can just put in a voice command and in probably the not so distant future, I may not have to say anything and just have to think about it and I'll get the answer. So that's most surprising to me. No more dictionaries. Vijay? As somebody, I would say, who has been very fortunate to have been at the forefront of technological innovations, be it in wireless technologies, in IoT, or edge computing, I'm still surprised 
by the sheer number of interconnected devices. We went from connecting computers to smartphones and now to many devices. The scale of the devices connected, the intelligence that they have, and the various ways of to communicate and control these devices is what me of 10 years ago would still be more surprised about. And here is an even more fascinating thing. With all said about the scale, I think we are still very early in this journey of interconnecting devices and extracting intelligence to improve our lives and make them more productive. Well, Vijay, Antoinette, Paul Mark, thank you all very much for stopping by and spending time with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. And thank you out there for listening to another episode of PwC's Tech While You Trek. I have been your host, Adam, and we will talk to you again next time. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.